Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pillow Windows and Doors. You know, the cold winter months are officially here, and this is where you need your windows to be on their game. This is where energy efficiency is really, really important. Keeping your home energy efficient keeps you and your family cozy and saves you on energy bills, which is huge during the winter months. And again, your windows are vital in this fight. Pella uses low-E glass and double-pane glass with insulating gas to keep the warm inside and the cold outside. Find out more by contacting your local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert today or go online to PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. It is that time of the year. Temperature Tuesdays are back at Runza. Every Tuesday in January and February, the 6 a.m. temperature at the coldest Runza location is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. It's a tradition unlike any other, baby. So make sure you take advantage of this incredible deal every single Tuesday in January and February at Runza. Temperature Tuesdays are back. Let's go. Runza makes it all better. All right, so welcome back into the podcast, and I am I'm recording this on New Year's Eve. It's December 31st. It's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon central time, and I have cooked up a 2021 year in sports review podcast uh, for you. Tons to tackle, tons to get into, but before we get into that, I, I kind of wanted to start with this big picture thought on this past year in sports because somehow, some way, sports navigated – COVID this year, which is pretty remarkable when you stop and, and reflect on the past year with all the, uh, you know, the, the testing and the contact tracing and the quarantining and the masks and the vaccines and, and no fans in the stands or limited capacity, fans being back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, everyone is just trying to do their best and navigate this thing. And it's hard, man. I mean, sure, there are moments of incredible frustration, uh, the cancellations, the players being out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we all found a way. We, we all found a way to have sports during this pandemic. And, you know, it's just been it's been a crazy year in that regard. You know, like just to, to stop and really think about the fact that, you know, watching games with no fans, right, like watching college football games with stadiums, empty or coaches and players in masks and college basketball games in empty arenas like it's it's all been unique and while it's felt different it's still been nice to have right that's something to always try and keep in mind whenever you start complaining about stuff with the well at least at least we have basketball we have football right and it's just you know seeing the NCAA tournament the entire NCAA tournament in one city, like one giant bubble around Indianapolis, was wild. It was nuts. For me, uh, you know, personally, this past year, like calling games remotely uh, go, or or sometimes doing games with literally nobody in the arena, 
I or I I, remember, I called it a Marquette game in this like glass box from basically the balcony of the arena. So I was at the arena, but like I was at the at Pfizer Forum where the Bucks play. It's where Marquette plays, and I was like in this like balcony area, ways up, and I had this like these this glass box around me and my play-by-play partner Tim Brando I did a game with him there Brandon Godden I did a game with him there he's like 10 feet from me in his own little box just you're like this is crazy right like I called a Kansas game courtside uh but I was in a mask and a face shield and my my face shield kept fogging up when I was talking it's just it's just been it's been crazy to try to navigate and I, I kind of just thought before we really delve into the the 2021 sports year in review and and dive into the nitty gritty, I thought it was it was kind of necessary to set up the fact that like we've officially navigated a full year of sports with during a pandemic with COVID, and when you stop and reflect on it, it's pretty remarkable to think about the journey that it's been. Now, unfortunately, with this new variant, it looks like we're gonna have to continue to to navigate sports with COVID, which just sucks, you know, but. Hopefully we, we find a way to get through it all again, and hopefully we can you know, all fully get back to 100% normal one day with sports and not dealing with, with, with COVID and, and all this stuff really impacting things at all. But I, th- I think that's something we can all agree on, and I think it's important to keep that in mind as you kind of review and think about this past year of your life and, and, and year in sports as well. Um. So I with with this year in review podcast, I'm I'm gonna dive into a bunch of things. And I got some New Year's resolution stuff. I got a few pop culture things, but like I got the five biggest local stories in sports this year, the five biggest national sports stories uh this year. I have my my pick for game of the year. I got some Husker football revelations, some New Year's resolutions for some local teams, I got some personal reflections, all that. So let's get into it. Let's start local, and then we'll work into uh, into some national stuff. So here we go. Um, five biggest local stories in the year 2021. I'm gonna start. I want to start with this. I'm gonna start with with two honorable mention stories. Uh, the first one being the Nebraska baseball team winning the Big Ten title, and then the second one, John Cook and the Nebraska volleyball team going to. The, the Final Four and, and finishing runner-up in the National Championship game, losing to Wisconsin. You know, with Husker baseball, Will Bolt, year one, guides Nebraska to a 34-14 and 14 record. Uh, they win the Big Ten crown. It's just the second conference title for Nebraska baseball since 2005. Nebraska then battled Arkansas in the Arkansas Regional, which was just a hornet's nest of, a, of an environment, wildly entertaining. You gotta, I got to throw some love in there for Will Bolt and Husker baseball. And then for Husker volleyball, I – you know, I watched the Final Four match. I watched the national title match. It was just incredible to watch. So impressed with the toughness and the ability of that team. And then just continue to be so impressed with the job that John Cook has has done with, with the volleyball program. I just, I'm throwing those two out there as honorable mention just because I don't follow volleyball or Husker baseball close enough to be able to add much in terms of perspective or, or thoughts on this. But both needed to be mentioned and discussed in a local year-in-review sort of conversation. Both were amazing and impressive accomplishments and certainly had to get some love when you think about everything that's happened locally uh, in in the world of sports. So I wanted to start with that. But here we go. Here are my five biggest stories. Year-in-review 2021, locally. Number five, Bill Moose's sudden retirement. 
Bill Moose, who we all knew wasn't going to be the AD at Nebraska much longer, kind of shocked the sports world with his sudden retirement in in late June. And this comes after months and months of telling everyone, both on and off the record, that he, he, he was going to fulfill the end of his contract, which was going to be at the end of this year, and then he was going to retire. And then all of a sudden, boom, suddenly, out of nowhere, Bill Moose decides to step away. And I think at the time, there was always something about the circumstances that didn't smell right or feel right with with this. It all it you know, there's certain things that you read and you go, okay, this you, your eyebrow immediately goes up, you kind of immediately go, what, huh? Because it it was almost like he was forced out. And then you ha- then Bill Moose even said as much when he told the Lincoln Journal Star something to the effect of apparently now was the right time for me to retire. When you know, when you think about that, you think about you read about some of his buyout stuff and all that. Like, I, I feel like we never fully got the real circumstances of what happened behind the scenes with all that. But as you piece it all together, you hear about things after the fact that Bill Moose wasn't around very much. Scott Frost said that he felt like there were things on his plate that he didn't want to deal with. Bill Moose was at his ranch a lot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It it felt like Bill Moose was kind of pseudo-forced out the door. But any way you slice it, it was a big story and a fairly shocking one as well you got to have Bill Moose's sudden retirement in late June as one of the five biggest local stories of 2021. Uh, fourth biggest story. It's going to be a lot of AD flavor in this. Bruce Rasmussen and his retirement as the athletic director at Creighton. He is the single most influential figure in Creighton athletics history. Period. And whenever that is the case and that person retires, it's a big story. 27 years at Creighton as the athletic director. He spent about 41 years in total at Creighton. And he retired officially in August. You you think about his time. He took Creighton from the brink of financial disaster and maybe even having to go to Division II to incredible heights, incredible accomplishments, incredible facilities, a new conference. Listen, when the book is written on Creighton basketball and Creighton athletics, Bruce Rasmussen is the guy. He's the guy. He hired Dana Altman, kept him around for longer than most would have been able to. He then becomes a one-man search committee and hires Greg McDermott. His the rise in winning and investments into facilities and the move into the Quest Center, which is now the CHI Health Center, put Creighton in position to ultimately join the Big East Conference. Sure, Dana Altman, Kyle Korver, Greg, and Doug McDermott all have huge roles in that journey, but Bruce Rasmussen is at the center of it all. He's been the main catalyst to Creighton's incredible rise. He, he's a guy that I've known personally for almost 20 years. He's one of the most amazing human beings I've ever known. Uh, the guy was, when it comes to Omaha and the state of Nebraska, he was visible, he was approachable, he was smart, he was great with people, he had a great eye for talent, he was everything you'd want in a leader, a friend, a boss, a mentor, and an athletic director. He is a true legend. There should, there should be a statue of the dude on, on campus. His retirement was a big story locally 
in the year 2021 easily makes a top five for me. Bruce Rasmussen retiring as Creighton Athletic Director. Number three, sticking with Creighton. Creighton makes the Sweet 16. Finally, finally, Creighton got the monkey off their back and punched through to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. After tons and tons and tons of heartache and losses in the first round or losses in the in in, in to to get to the the sweet 16 Creighton finally punched through first time in program history Creighton made it to the sweet 16 which is just remarkable to say considering all the success and all the good players and all the good teams Creighton has had over the past 25 or so years it's amazing and people Whenever I would tell that to people or people would hear that stat, they'd go, no way. Creighton's never been in the Sweet 16? You're like, they've never been in the Sweet 16. Creighton beat Ohio to advance to the Sweet 16, ultimately got beat by the number one overall seed, Gonzaga, but it was a huge accomplishment and a much-needed one for the program and for that group. That group, Zegarowski, Balock, Bishop, Damian Jefferson, all those guys, you know, that they win the Big East regular season crown in 2020. The, the, the tournament gets canceled because of the pandemic. And so who knows what would have happened with that group if they'd they've been able to make a run. And so then this group gets back to the Sweet Six or gets back to the NCAA tournament and they make a run to the, to the second weekend. And you just you – know, you think about Creighton's program. They have, they have checked a lot of boxes as a, as a really, really, really good college basketball program. But making an NCAA tournament run and making it to the Sweet 16 was was a big one that was unchecked. Like you think of it, they've won conference titles. They've won conference tournament titles. They've made numerous NCAA tournaments. They've had numerous NBA draft picks. They've had conference players of the years. They've had a national player of the year. They've had amazing coaches, full arenas, top 10 nationally in attendance. I mean, it's just like check, 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 check. But the one thing that was hanging over this program was they've never been to the Sweet 16. Kyle Corver couldn't do it. Dana Altman couldn't do it. Doug McDermott couldn't do it. Nate Funk and Anthony Tolliver couldn't do it. But finally, Marcus Zagorowski and company kicked that door down and made it to the Sweet 16. It was kind of a Sweet 16 or, or bust kind of a year for Creighton, and they got it done. Huge story locally, easily in the top five biggest stories locally of 2021. Number two. Trev Alberts hired as the athletic director at the University of Nebraska. To kind of circle back to the Bill Moose story, Bill Moose's sudden retirement opened the door to the second biggest story of, of the year locally. This could be number one. A lot of people would have this number one, but I'm, I'll put it at number two. We have a former Husker legend, Butkus Award winner, first team All-American, one of the greatest black shirts of all time, Trev Alberts returns to Nebraska as AD. I mean, he is one of the most one of the most famous, decorated players in program history. To returning back to Lincoln as athletic director—that's an enormous story. Trev Alberts, after spending over a decade as AD at UNO, makes the the trek fifty miles down I eighty, become the AD at UNL. the The search kind of took a little longer than maybe some anticipated it would. But for me, I liked the idea of Trev Alberts when he was a candidate. I liked the hire when it was made official. The more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And so far, with actually seeing him on the job, he's been outstanding through the first five or six months. I think he's been awesome. 
I think he has been awesome. And it, the elephant in the room with this with this athletic director spot, both in the it, during the search and then after the hire and then throughout the the course of the year, was the state of the football program and it and it also being another Husker legend as head coach and Scott Frost. So that was always a big part of this hire. And Trev Alberts was the perfect guy to navigate those rock, those waters, and I've thought he's been the perfect guy to navigate those rocky waters once Nebraska kind of entered them with how this season unfolded. You know, sometimes you 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 know you wonder, okay, what's this going to be like? And then like once they're in that spot, someone's in that spot, you go, oh, this feels right. Like Trev being the AD just feels right. It looks right. It looks normal. It, it looks like how it should be. It's just natural to see Trev back in, in Lincoln as the athletic director. Huge story. Could have easily been number one. But I'm going to save the number one sports story for this. And it's this is kind of a cop-out, but I think it has to be this. I think the combination of the historically bad season record-wise for Nebraska football combined with the fact that Scott Frost is returning, was retained as the head coach at Nebraska after some thought he would get fired, has to be the number one biggest story in in 2021 locally. Because just Husker football is the biggest thing in this market. We all know that. Duh. It's, it's, the, it's the sun, earth, moon, stars. It's everything. So the reality is how that team does – and, and little things with how that how that team performs is probably the biggest story every year, even if it's a quote-unquote kind of boring, uneventful year. So the fact that this was a, a season that was historic in some ways makes it an easy choice to be number one. So Nebraska goes 3-9 and nine this year, which was historically bad. And even though Nebraska went 3-5 and five in the COVID year, it's kind of hard for me to include that season when thinking of when slotting it historically because there was no non-conference. It was all conference games. It there were there was you know the Wisconsin game got canceled. It was abbreviated. So like that season, I'm, I'm putting that to the side. So with that in mind, this last season, three and nine record. It was the worst record for Nebraska football since 1961 where Bill Jennings went 3-6-1. and one. And it was the worst win percentage since 1957 when Bill Jennings went 1-9. So, technically, worst record in 60 years and worst win percentage in 64 years. I mean, wow. That's, I mean... Wow. But what's odd about about that is, even though this was the worst record and all that, I don't think this was the worst team of the past 20 years. Isn't that kind of weird to say? Like, so while so while this was a historically bad year record-wise and all and all those things that I just kind of laid out, it didn't quite feel like that because Nebraska never got blown out, was competitive every game. They continued to fight. They could have easily won damn near every single game. They could have easily been nine and three or ten and two, but they were three and nine. Like you think about it, the, the 2004, 
the 2007, the 2015, the 2017 Husker football teams, those teams got smashed frequently. This team didn't. So it was odd to kind of make sense of in your head as you as you watched it and consumed it. But whenever the biggest show in the state, Husker football, does something that basically hasn't been done in 60 years, it's got to be the number one story. Because that is also in conjunction with the subsequent decision from Trev Alberts to keep Scott Frost instead of fire him. The announcement after the Ohio State game that Scott Frost is coming back and then Frost making the staff changes is all a part of this saga and story. That decision was wondered about for months leading up to it and then has been discussed ad nauseum since it was made. So even though this is kind of a cop-out and a list, like I've kind of combined an entire season and a decision into one sports story, but it's all kind of like wrapped into one, like everything kind of all is just this big Husker football casserole stew. I just think the raw fact that Nebraska had a historically bad year record-wise, combined with Scott Frost at the helm and already on the hot seat, and the fact that he gets retained and brought back for another year – I don't see how that isn't the biggest overall local story for 2021. That's how I see it. So those are those are your top five stories to me. Give a little honorable mention to Husker baseball winning a conference title, Husker volleyball going to the Final Four and losing the national championship game, but then Bill Moose's sudden retirement, Greg uh, Bruce Rasmussen's official retirement, Creighton going to the Sweet 16, Trev Alberts being hired as AD, and then Nebraska having – a historically bad year record-wise for the football squad and Frost bringing back. Those are my five biggest stories locally. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And If you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Okay, let's let's zoom out and go national for a second. I'll get back to some local stuff here, here in a little bit. Five biggest national sports stories in 2021. Again, this is all subjective, but this is this is high. This is for me in my little world. Number five, Tiger Woods car crash. February 23rd, 2021. Uh, I remember it vividly. I was in Charlotte in my hotel for a week of calling games from the Fox Studios out there. And you see the news hit. Tiger Woods in a serious car accident. You're like, oh boy, what what's going on? And as the details came out, the more serious it it got. Survival was initially in question. And then the more details came out, Tiger Woods' leg was so mangled that amputation was a possibility. 
Now, ultimately, that didn't happen. Tiger Woods survived. They didn't have to amputate his leg. But the greatest golfer of all time and one of the most influential sports figures to ever live, his career, by all accounts, is over now. And listen, it was, it's been kind of a weird past decade for Tiger Woods. It's certainly, his, you could say his career was kind of winding down anyways. But with how Tiger Woods played in, in, in 2018 and 2019 and winning the Masters in 2019, you kind of never knew if he had some more magic in him. I don't think anyone ever expected him to win the Masters again, and then he did it in 2019. So, like, if there's one dude that you kind of never count out, it was him. But by all accounts, including Tiger Woods himself, Tiger Woods is done playing golf at, a, at the full-time professional level after this car accident, which is just dev- devastating massive news with, with the perspective of being thankful that, that Tiger Woods survived, obviously. But as a Tiger Woods lover, it's to me, this was absolutely one of the five biggest stories of the year for me. No question about it. Number four, Giannis Antetokounmpo wins the NBA title for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis winning a title with Milwaukee, and he did it in incredible fashion. Giannis had 50, 50 points in game six of the finals to beat the Suns. 50. He's the seventh player in NBA history to have 50 or more in a finals game. He, he wins the title. He wins the finals MVP. And, you know, after multiple regular season MVPs but no postseason success, some, including me, thought he was he was maybe a little overrated. I don't I he's got he's got some glaring holes in his game. I don't know if Giannis is built for for postseason success, da 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 da. But his greatness to me is solidified after this this NBA playoff and finals run and performance. His because not only did he win the title, he he provided some iconic moments in the finals. The the lob dunk in the finals at Phoenix with the game on the line from with the lob from Drew Holiday was incredible. And then his block on DeAndre Ayton, a lob to Ayton, he was able to hedge a ball screen and then recover back to Ayton on a lob and block it at the rim. Is like it is a is one of those all time finals moments. It was just, it's always amazing to watch players kind of go up a level in real time. Where like whatever you thought of Giannis, he is he went up a peg after the finals. And for, listen, in an era that sees superstars leaving the teams they were drafted by, leaving teams all the time and teaming up with other stars and and a lot of the stars being full of drama, 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 Giannis is amazingly refreshing. There's no drama with him, no BS with him. He stayed with the Bucks. He grinds, he fails, he grinds, and finally wins. Easily a top five story to me. Third biggest national story in 2021 for sports. Name, image, and likeness. After years and years and years and decades and decades of this battle, and the very foundation of what the NCAA kind of stood on. It's amateur athletics. These players are not paid. They not, can't make money off themselves. On July 1st of this year, name, image, and likeness rules were altered for college athletes, and they can now make money off their own NIL, which is a massive, enormous, colossal story. I, I really wasn't sure if I'd ever see the day. 
forever, forever, it has been this crazy strict world where college athletes can't make a penny off themselves. And after years of fighting and various legal battles, those rules came crumbling down. And we now live in a world where college athletes can make money off their own name, image, and likeness. They can do commercials. They can do billboards. They can do advertisement. They can do it all. Which is, which is just amazing. Now, so far, again, we're, we're only, what, five, six months into this thing. So far, it hasn't been as impactful as I thought it would be. But I also think we are in the, the infancy stages of this, this new NIL world for college athletes. I think it's going to get it's going to continue to ramp up more and more and get more complicated and nuanced and crazy as we all get used to it and as it kind of really seeps its way into recruiting that's where I think it's really going to reveal itself. But to me this has to be one of the five biggest stories of 2021 in sports just the fact that college athletes can now make money off their 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 name image and likeness. Second number 2, second biggest story year in review 2021. Texas and Oklahoma heading to the SEC. Although conference realignment isn't new, the news in July and August that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 Conference and joining the SEC was and is massive news. Massive news. And while the ramifications of this move are still to be determined, it still feels like the beginning of an enor- of enormous changes to the landscape of of college college football, college basketball, and college athletics. I know the Big 12 has added some teams now. You know, they're going to add Central Florida, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and for now it appears like they will survive as a conference when that was very much in question. But who knows? Who, everything could be hunky-dory now, but, but who knows? And I know for now – it appears like the SEC is done expanding, but who knows? And I know for now, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC have formed this quote-unquote alliance with scheduling and different things you know, operating as one unit, which calms things in the moment, but who knows what the next year or two will bring on that front. I just think college football is the biggest driver of, for all this stuff for for college athletics. And the SEC is already a monster in college football and in the college world, and it just added two of the five to ten biggest brands to its conference. And so then you start to ask, is this the first step towards the end of the Big 12? Is this the first step towards breaking off from the NCAA completely? Is this the first step towards three to four super conferences eventually? All that remains to be seen, but arguably the biggest catalyst to all that is Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Huge story in sports in 2021. Huge. But the number one sports story in 2021 is without question, this took me two seconds to decide on it, is Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where do I even begin with this one? Tom Brady, at the age of 43, leaves Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots after being with the franchise for two decades and winning six Super Bowls and joins the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If that's just, That alone is crazy. 
a, a crazy story. But the fact that then Tom Brady, in his first year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wins the Super Bowl is just unbelievable. Think about it. the The Bucs hadn't won more than 10 games in a season since 2005. The Bucs hadn't been to the playoffs since 2007. Tom Brady joins the team. Boom. Super Bowl champs. By the way, Tom Brady had to beat Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes to do it. Again, at age 43. He's, he's now 44, by the way, but he did it at age 43. Won the Super Bowl at 43. 43 years old. Everything we're seeing right now is, is we entered uncharted territory like years and years and years ago. And then this happens. 43 years old, changes teams, perennial losing franchise for the most part, instantly changes the team, wins, wins another ring. He's so by far and away the GOAT. And, and that's why this, is, this story is easily number one because bottom line, the GOAT, somehow managed to elevate his greatness to an even higher level. Which is absolutely incredible. Easily the number one sports story of the year. Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at age 43 after leaving the Patriots and Bill Belichick after two decades with him in New England. Amazing. So there you go. Five biggest national stories of 2021. Brady winning a Super Bowl. Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Name, image, and likeness rules changing in college athletics. Giannis winning a title with the Bucks, And then Tiger Woods car crash. A couple more things to tackle. Game of the year. Game of the year of 2021 in all of sports. Has to be the final four UCLA Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs, half-court buzzer beater game. That game is probably, it's one of the five best basketball games I've ever seen in my life. Considering how the game was played, the stakes, what was on the line, and how it finished, it's one of the greatest basketball games of all time. It was amazing. Final four, trip to the national title on the line. Gonzaga's undefeated, going for a historic undefeated run to to winning a title. Both teams played exceptional. Both teams were amazingly good for the entire game. The final score was 93-90 to in overtime. Think about this. Both teams shot over 50% from the floor. Gonzaga shot 58% from the floor. UCLA shot 57% from the floor. But Both teams moved and shared the ball incredibly well. Gonzaga had 26 assists. UCLA had 21 assists. Both teams only turned it over 10 times. Ball handling, shot making was elite. And it really wasn't bad defense either. Like, I actually thought both teams defended pretty well and played hard. It was just amazing offense and shot making. And then for that game to end the way it did, to end on a half-court buzzer beater from the star of the game, the freshman sensation Jalen Suggs, it's like a Hollywood script, honestly. That game had it all. It had it all. Huge stage, Final Four. Tons at stake, trip to the title game on the line. And Gonzaga trying to cap off an undefeated season. It was incredibly well played by both teams. And then it ends in a half-court buzzer beater. 
I mean, one of the best basketball games I've ever seen in my life and an easy choice for game of the year in all of sports in 2021. UCLA-Gonzaga Final Four, Jalen Suggs, buzzer beater. Just absolutely an amazing, amazing game. All right, a couple of, couple of things as we kind of wrap this thing up. You know, at the end of the year, you kind of think about what you learned. You have revelations and different stuff like that. Well, I have, I have, I have six Husker football revelations in 2021. Six. Revelation number one. Scott Frost's offense didn't work here. Isn't that amazing? And there's closure to that with Frost officially handing the offense over to Mark Whipple. Isn't that amazing? We all remember the infamous, the infamous story or, or the infamous line of when Frost was hired and, you know, they asked about his offense and he was like, well, you know, I think they're going to have to adjust to us and all that stuff, whatever it was that he said. And, you know, he came in as like the offensive guru. His offense didn't work here. His offense didn't work here. Pretty amazing revelation. Revelation number two, Adrian Martinez just could never get over the hump. And there's closure with that as well as he's now – officially transferred out of the program, and he's heading to Kansas State. Just amazing. He could never get over the hump. He had numerous opportunities. You felt like he was going to have his fairy tale ending with this. He was going to have some semblance of redemption. Everyone was rooting for him. It felt like all the ingredients were there. He just could never get over the hump. It's amazing. All, all-time offense leader in Nebraska football history. No winning seasons, no bowl games, no big wins. Pretty remarkable. Third revelation. Special teams somehow got worse this year, which breaks my brain. I, a, a, part, a part of one of the reasons I was thinking Nebraska could take a step in this past season heading into it, I was like, well, the, I mean, special teams can't get worse. Can't get worse than as bad as it gets. Well, they somehow found a way to like break through the, the terrible floor and go even Stoop even lower in bad special teams play, which is just amazing. Quite the revelation that just when you thought special teams couldn't get any worse, you go and have a season like that. Unbelievable. Revelation number four. It's a really, it's a wasted, wasted season on the best Nebraska defense since Indomitian Sue and Jared Crick and those guys were around in 2009 and then in the 2010, the year, year after Sue was gone. So best best defense in over a decade, wasted on it. Just a wasted season. Th- that defense was good enough to play for a, a Big Ten title. And it was just wasted because the offense couldn't score in the red zone. The, the, the special teams was atrocious. Pretty brutal to waste a, a black shirt's defense like that. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza and the cold winter months. It's officially here. And as a warm weather lover myself, the cold can kind of bum me out. But the one thing that always puts a huge smile on my face when it gets cold, temperature Tuesdays at Runza. Yes, it's that time of the year. Temperature Tuesdays are back at Runza, where every Tuesday in January and February, the 6 a.m. temperature at the coldest Runza location is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. Think about it. An original Runza sandwich might be $0.10. A dime, might be a nickel, might be a quarter. Heck, might even be one penny. Just one penny. 
So make sure you take advantage of this incredible deal every single Tuesday at Runza where the temp at 6 a.m. in Runza land is the price you pay for an original Runza sandwich and you buy a medium fry and a medium drink. It's back, baby. Temperature Tuesdays. Runza makes it all better. Next revelation. Nebraska's running back rushing attack just still isn't good enough. And you can pen it on the offensive line, not getting consistent enough push, and you can pen it on Nebraska still just has a pedestrian group of running backs. They're fine. They're okay. There's nobody special in that group, which is just amazing. Nebraska's running back rushing attack still isn't good enough. And then the last revelation for Husker football in 2021, and you're – Something is just broken over there, mentally and emotionally. There's just something is broken. And hopefully bringing in some new coaches and some new blood, you bring in Rayola and Whipple and Mickey Joseph and, and you bring in, you maybe bring in some new transfer portal guy. Like hopefully th- that'll fix whatever is broken. Frost going to more CEO role. You focus on some other things. Like maybe that'll fix what is broken. But there's just this team's, Inevitability that there was just inevitable throwing up on yourself every game and finding a way to lose isn't a revelation from the standpoint of you know what the last three ish years have looked like, but nevertheless, it's it's remarkable to continue to see unfold. It really is. Something is just broken over there. So those are my six biggest Husker football revelations of 2021. Frost offense didn't work. Martinez could never get over the hump. Special teams somehow got worse. Wasted a good year for the best Nebraska defense in a decade. Nebraska's running back rushing attack still wasn't good enough. And then something is just broken over there mentally and emotionally to lose all those close games in the way that they did. All right, New Year's resolution time for Husker football, Husker basketball, and Creighton basketball. For Husker football, we'll stick with them here as we'll just keep on talking about them. You got two of them. I can't – first of all, find a transfer portal quarterback, get a QB, and then for the love of God, special teams. Fuck. For the love of God, fix it. That's – I mean, fix it. <laughs> Figure it out. Figure it out. Good Lord. That's an easy. That's it's honestly should just be that should be the only one. Just for the love of God, make it so special teams isn't a train wreck. There you go. Those are my news resolutions for Husker football. Husker basketball. Get hot from three. That's my New Year's resolution for you. And even though you could make a case that some of their biggest issues are their lack of fight and grit and toughness on the defensive end of the floor in terms of making teams uncomfortable, getting stops and rebounds. The reality is this team isn't going to become the bad boys Pistons overnight. It's more just look at it, it's more likely that they'll start making shots than it is that they're going to become, you know, an incredible defensive team. That they're all of a sudden going to become just a group of hard rocking, you know, Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, Joe Dumars just Tough as nails, getting stops, locking people up, dominating the glass, physical team. They're not going to become that. They just like they're not built like that. I do think they have capable shooters. So New Year's resolution: get hot from three. 
Creighton basketball New Year's resolution to me is take care of the ball. Take care of the ball. Yeah, that Creighton's been a little that you could you could use Nebraska's New Year's resolution for them on on start making some more threes. They're certainly cooled off dramatically from a program standpoint in terms of their three-point shooting. But to me, I think arguably their biggest issue is just ball handling. You know, two of their three losses are are directly tied to not being able to handle the ball. Iowa State heated Creighton's ass up. They turned it over a bunch, lost. Arizona State ratcheted up the pressure. Creighton was disjointed and clunky offensively. They lost. So to me, biggest New Year's resolution, take care of the basketball. All right, we'll wrap it up with some fun stuff. Some This is more some personal stuff. Reflecting on the last year, best TV show of the last year? For me, I'm going to go Ted Lasso. An amazing show. Jason Sudeikis. Just, if you have, uh, I'm sure by now, if you have to live in a rock to not have heard of Ted Lasso, it is it is as good as it's made out to be. Just an amazing show. It's a, it's a wildly, one of my friends, Willie, put it like this in it, when he was trying to talk me into watching it. And it's true. Like, you know a show is good when in, you know, the 30 to 45 minute show, I, I laugh my ass off. I cry. It's a really emotional show. And I think. Like, it makes you think. It makes you think about how you treat people, how you, how you deal with adversity, why you are the way you are. It's, it's like, it's all those things. It is wildly funny. It is wildly emotional. It is wildly thought-provoking. Best show of the year. Best TV show of the year. Best movie of the year. Honestly, I'm the like any parents out there know, especially with you know with the pandemic, it's like it's hard to go to movies and all that stuff. Like I I didn't watch real. I don't think I saw a single new movie other than a Disney movie. <laughs> so I saw Soul. I thought Soul was good. Does it count if you've seen movies for the first time? Like I saw It's a Wonderful Life that came out in what, what, 1946? I saw Rounders for the first time this past year. So those are my two favorite movies of the year. One that came out in the 40s and then the 90s. How about that? Nick Bach coming with some great movie takes in 2021. Hey, have you seen Rounders? (laughs) Album or song of the year. Again, I'm I'm officially that guy that doesn't really love or consume a ton of new music but you know i guess uh bruno mars and anderson pack their silk sonic and evening with silk sonic that that was a good album um kanye and and drake's new albums were just okay to me uh chance the rapper released a single called the heart and the tongue that was a good song very good song yeah you go check that out chance is is legit so yeah i'll go best album i don't i mean silk sonic and even with Silk Sonic, I guess. And then best song, go heart, The Heart and the Tongue by Chance Rapper. Chance the Rapper. Again, newsflash, I'm old, apparently. Uh, best book I read this year. I, I, I'll give you two of them. Uh, Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey. Really entertaining book. I mean, McConaughey is just McConaughey, man. You read it, you hear his voice in, in, in your head as you're reading it. His stories, his life, his lessons, his perspective – just really good. Just an easy read. Really, really interesting. Um, really, really good. Or the the Bomber Mafia, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, kind of about the history of uh, of of bombing 
planes and in it, it, it was it was really good. I love I read all Malcolm Gladwell books. I'm just that guy could re- write about anything. Like paint drying by Malcolm Gladwell. I'm like pick it up, baby. Let's get it. Paint drying Gladwell. I'm in. I am in. Those are so there you go. Book, movie, TV show, all that there that's and then for me cuz I'm one of those guys that kind of likes to reflect on New Year's. Um Biggest accomplishment for me in the past year, uh, well, I guess we'd have to go what we what happened over the last week, surpassing a million downloads on on my podcast. It's just amazing. Really, really proud of that. Really, really thankful to all of you for that. Uh, the other thing I wrote down, making the tunnel walk. How about that? Yeah, that's right. By the way, last time Nebraska won a game, football, yours truly, first voice you heard on the tunnel walk for the Northwestern game. Led the boys out of the tunnel. Pretty remarkable accomplishment and and one I'm very proud of as a lifelong Nebraskan and, and guy that, you know, Tunnel Walk is one of the most iconic things in, in Nebraska football. To be a part of that is is incredible. Uh, and then I'd have to also put in, I've now officially lost 30 pounds. How about that? Just amazing. I, sometimes it's, I can't believe that that, that that has happened. Was about 215-ish. In July, 212, 215 in that area, kind of hovered between the, those two marks. And I weighed in at, at, at 182 this morning. So I've lost 30 pounds, man. Pretty uh, pretty amazing. And, you know, I was one of those guys. I was always looking for a, a supplement. Oh, I'll take this protein powder. Or this, this, this is what you need. Or some gimmick. Man, it's just eat right, discipline, habits. That's all it is. And that that times my new hobby is biking. I love biking because I've I've kind of I, I loved riding my bike outside. That was like therapeutic for me. Sometimes I'd have my 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 kids in a trailer behind me hauling them around. Sometimes it'd just be me out there on my bike. Man, I get on the bike path, get my little like 30, 45 hour ride in. Oh, throwing a podcast, throwing some music. What a stress reliever. Everybody's got to have something in their life for them, you know, for your own health, physically and mentally. That was biking's been that thing. I got on that bike, man. Everything's okay. Everything is okay. So there you go. Little 2021 year in review for sports, pop culture, different things. Uh, I hope everyone found some joy and happiness and good times in 2021. Uh, cheers to a great 2022. And I want to wish everybody a happy new year. Appreciate you guys supporting the podcast. And we'll catch you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A Huda Media Production.